0: I'll just be honest, this, this passage we're in, I'm getting ready to preach on from the book of Colossians chapter 3. Uh, it's been a bit of a, a wrestle this week for me. Uh, my my normal routine is, you know, I, I prep through the week and uh, usually on Sunday mornings I'll get up early, 5 or 5.30 and spend another hour or hour and a half kind of going through my notes and, and the sermon and reading the scripture and praying and uh, usually it's just kind of like All right, we're gonna going we're gonna talk about prayer. We're getting ready to pray, okay? Um, y'all know our nephew Hucky is in Cincinnati, and he's waiting on surgery for tomorrow. And we just got a call that his vision is getting worse right now, and it's getting darker. So we're just we're gonna pray. <laughs> Would that be okay? Just got um, a detached retina in one eye. He's supposed to have surgery tomorrow, and we're just gonna pray. Y'all wanna stand, kneel? Let's just kneel. you all kneel wherever you're at, or come on up, or whatever you wanna do. God, in this moment, we just come to you, praying all over this building in this place, uh, surrendered and and just <laughs> hearts bound before you. Uh, God, we know you're a good Father. We know you love, and and God, we we know that if we ask for anything in your name, and God, we just we just give this to you. We, the hearts of the people in this building that you would protect Hucky's vision <laughs> that you would you would be there that you just work miracles. Um, like only you can do. We know you can do that. And God, we just pray you be with the, the family, you, you be with the, the medical professionals, God, that you just uh, you, you just do what only you can do. God, we pray you heal him. We pray you protect him. Um, God, most importantly, God, in this season, in this place, we trust you. God, it's the hardest thing in the world to say, but we trust you. We surrender ourselves to you. We know you love Hucky better than we can ever love him. God, we give this to you, and we trust you to be the good father that you are. God, the hearts of these people, that you heal them. We surrender our hearts and know that you're good, even if that doesn't happen. Right now, in this place. God, we love you so much. We love Hucky. We pray right now in your name and the power of your name to heal him. We know the name of Jesus is a power above every other name. God, there's hearts aligned right now, and we pray for this miracle today in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, free. Yeah, but I, I, I should have done that earlier, but, but, that he, but it, God is telling him right now Yeah, Amen. 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 Um, and so, man, I don't think I've ever <laughs> ever had that happen exactly like that, that the very thing I'm struggling with just becomes very present here. Okay, Th- this passage that we're getting ready to talk through, and it, it, it feels totally different in this moment, but the Scripture is the Scripture. And so I wrestle with it um, because as I, as I read through this, and uh, I grew up in church, so I got the, call, the prayer chain, right? You all get the prayer chains and, and the requests that come through. And, and in this passage of Scripture, we do have a bit of a prayer request from Paul. And, and just to, to be honest, it hit me different than most of the things I've called through on the prayer chain. And uh, and really, even even Hucky's situation that we've been praying for, and, and 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 all weekend, and praying for God to to work out and to heal him. Uh, I, I'm I'm wrestling with this passage of scripture that you're getting ready to hear me talk through and walk through. Um, I didn't time it this way, but this is the way that God works. Really, what happens here is that. Um, that, that Paul has given direction. He's spoken a lot of truth in the first two chapters of Colossians about Jesus, about the gospel, about the good news, what it, what it means to be saved, what it means to have salvation in Jesus Christ. And then he moves into chapters 3 and 4 where he says, you know, truth is a good thing to know. Knowledge is good, but it only really comes in to be transformational and change in your life when you apply it. When it is applied, and so chapter 3 and 4, we've been speaking for weeks about application. That's why, you know, we, we spent weeks talking about truth. That's not always as convicting, and uh, for the last six weeks, every time I've left, everybody's been like, you stepped on my toes, I should have wore boots, all those things, because that's this passage of Scripture, truth and application. I'll give you an example, like I know some things, like I know slim chickens is not going to help me lose 10 pounds, all right? Because when I go there, I want to get the spinach wrap with grilled chicken. I know I should. But until I apply it, I could know that the rest of my life and die with high cholesterol. But until I can apply it at the, 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 the menu, at the ordering, at the, until I can apply it into my life, it doesn't really begin to change and what Paul's teaching here, real transformation inside of you is applied to your life, and it comes out in the fruit in the way that you live. And here what happens, what he's going to talk about in these two situations, I mean, we've talked about marriage, we've talked about parenting, we, we've, talked about, uh, we've talked about our thoughts and our actions and words and attitudes, we talked about a lot of stuff, and here he talks about really two things in this passage, prayer, our private prayer life, how we should pray, what we should pray. Um, And then he talks about our public witness, how we should interact with unbelievers. We're probably not going to get to that part this morning. This is probably going to be mostly about prayer. Prayer should not be seen as a means of getting God to do our will on earth, but rather a means for getting God's will done on earth. This is the baseline that challenged me this week. This is the baseline that began to make me uh, look at my own self. I was talking with Bethany this morning before I left. I was like, I'm wrestling with this passage, and usually when I do that, I can talk with her for about 15 minutes and she figures it all out. And so all the sermons that have been good, <laughs> that you ever heard, Pray, Because I spent 15 minutes talking to her about it. Uh, at the end of this 15 minutes, she said, "I'm confused. <laughs> So, get ready. Uh, but then we talked a little bit more, and, uh, and, and, and I was just wrestling with this. What does this mean, right? I'm going to pray, but, but God is all-knowing, omniscient. He, he's all-powerful. He's everywhere. God does not, uh, like, I'm not going to go to God and give him some piece of information he does not already have, some not like he already knows, and who, who am I to think uh, to think that I could go to the, the God of Abraham, the Lord of Lords, King of Kings, and give him counsel and be an advisor for him and say, Here's what I think you should do. Here's how I think it should play out. I know God is sovereign, so so where does prayer come in? So I'm wrestling with all this stuff, right? I'm wrestling with it. What does this mean? And so I'm talking to her about it, and I still don't really know. And I'm leaving, and I say, pray for me. And I'm like, why'd I say that? What does that mean? What's she going to pray? Is she going to change the sermon? Am I going to think different? Like, what's God going to do? And so I'm wrestling with all these things, right? And, um, and I'm reminded John 14, 12, Jesus said it like this, i tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done and even greater works. Believe I'm going to be with the Father. Because I'm going to be with the Father, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. So that the son can bring glory to the father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Chris and I were talking about this this week, and and Chris had read a commentary, and 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 he said, you know, the the, the commentary reminded me of who he was talking to. He was talking to disciples. He was talking to people who he'd also said, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. He was talking to disciples who said, I know you had your whole life fishing and your family and all these things, but I want you to drop that and I'm going to make you fishers of men. He was talking to people whose life's mission had changed. And so he wasn't talking to the random person on the street saying, hey man, if you just say Jesus, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I want a Mercedes. It's not abracadabra. But he's saying, as you go on mission with me into the unknown parts of the world, as you go with me in the thing I've called you to, I promise anything you ask, everything you need will be there and present and available as long as your heart. Uh, In James, he said it like this. You don't get what you ask because your motives are all wrong. He says, anything you ask while you're on mission with me that aligns with my will, it will fall out of the sky. If you need a Mercedes to go on mission, then it'll fall out of the sky. But if you just want a Mercedes to look cool, probably not going to happen. You all with me for a minute? He then says this. 1 John five fourteen through 15 says this, And this is the confidence that we have toward Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of Him. We know that we have the request that we have asked of Him, if it aligns with His will. He tells us here how to pray. Colossians four two he just says devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Uh, How should we pray? And we'll talk about two things first: quantity and quality. How much should we pray? And then what should be the quality of our prayer? These are important things. You know, in life, I'd rather have uh, one amazing cheeseburger than five not-so-great cheeseburgers. I'd even rather have five amazing cheeseburgers. Are you with me? He, he's saying quantity and quality both matter in this. And so the quantity, how, how much should we pray? He starts out with devote. Devote yourself to prayer. That Greek word meant great effort, steadily applied, constantly, with fervor, without ceasing. Pray. Pray without ceasing. You know that verse. You've heard it. Even if you've never been to church, you've probably heard pray without ceasing. What does that mean? Does that mean when I get up in the morning, I just say, Heavenly Father, and I just let my prayer go all day, and right before I go to bed, I'll say, Amen. (laughs) All right? You see, you see, praying is not just some formal thing that you have to go to a pastor, or a preacher, somebody somebody's seminary to do. You see, when Jesus died and he tore the veil, he gave every believer access to the throne, Amen. access to God on high. You, you give your life to Christ, and immediately you can have a conversation with the creator and designer of the universe. That's powerful. That's the opportunity you have. And, and yet, in our life, you, you, you all know what a thermometer is. Yeah, you know what a thermometer is. It gives the, the condition of the air in the room, the, the temperature. It tells you, well, is it hot or is it cold? Uh, we're going to talk about a prayerometer just for a minute. All right, We're going to talk about a prayerometer for j- just for a minute. And so we're going to put some markings on here. If you say this is available time in my average day that I could pray. What would you say, 20, 40, 60, 80% of that time do you spend praying? You can be honest. Somebody be honest. It's okay. If you're ventriloquist, you can make it sound like your neighbor said it. 4%, that's honest. So let's say that the best prayer in here prays 20%, all right? What I want you to see is see sometimes in a, in a room that, that, that is cold or outside when we're cold we're, especially in a room we'll grab a blanket, we'll get some gloves, we'll put on a sweatshirt. Well, we can feel the things that 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 it's cold in the room, but you look at the thermometer and say, "Oh, it really is cold. You change to the thermostat, right? You turn the heat up." So what happens in life is, is is the more we pray, when he says, "Devote yourselves, pray without ceasing." When you when you spend more time in real Prayer. what this really means is I'm dependent upon God. It is an expression. This indicator, when you do your self-reflection and say, what of my time do I spend praying? That will tell you right now how much you're depending on God. You with me just for a minute? So you're like, like, I'm at 20%. And so this is dependence on God. The more you pray, it's an indicator, but it also... Increases your dependence on God. This is a cycle. Dependence on God. Faith. Trust. It's an expression. How much you trust him. As this goes down, it's the converse. It's dependence on self. What this means when we pray less, we're saying, I've got this. so when, when you're praying, when you realize your, your prayer life has gone down, maybe you don't even realize it, maybe you realize it today, and you say, I don't know why my life feels so out of control. And so you've started getting gloves, and you're putting hoodies on, and, and, the, and, you, and what's happening is you, you've lost this intense connection and your dependence upon God. And you've started trying to depend on yourself, so you start trying to solve all your own problems. Because you're not talking to him. You're not in conversation with him. So, so when should you pray? Morning, yes. Wake, pray when you wake up in the morning. Evening, pray when you go to bed at night. Pray before a meal, absolutely. When you're going down the road and you're driving, pray. Does, it, does pray always form or our Father, which art in heaven? Doesn't always have to be that. Like, God, this stinks today. I was walking up the sidewalk this morning. And I just said, I, I literally tried to imagine Jesus walking beside me. I was walking by myself. And the greatest peace came over me. Because he's always there. We just forget. And I started talking to him. I was like, what am I doing? Where am I, I'm going in this building. How did I even end up in this town? And I could almost see him just laughing. like, oh, Jared. <laughs> and me, and I, like, I started smiling. I was like, all right, let's go. I was kind of like, I don't even know why I'm here doing this, but let's go. And just that type of simple conversation and communication, the reminder that he is with you every step. Nehemiah prayed simple prayers in between sentences in his head. Lord, help me. Give me favor. I'm getting ready to talk to the king. He prayed that simple, that fast. He prayed on his knees, brokenhearted. We find Paul praying on his knees. So formal prayer, informal prayer, just talk to God. Write out prayers, read scripture, pray scripture. Read scripture and pray in response to it. This one, devote yourselves to prayer. Lord, help me devote myself to prayer. It was that simple. Any verse you go read in the Bible, you can pray in response to it. What's here? Throw it out. Tell me what you're, I know you've got a friend who struggles to pray a lot. What is it in their life that fills the void? Throw some. You got. You got the floor right now. It's dangerous, but you mess up, I won't do it anymore. A job, work, pride, phone. That's the one, man. That is the one. Check your time. I know you all got, when that one software updated and it started telling you how much time you were on your phone every day, you turned that off so fast, like I don't want to see it, I don't want to hear it, I know it was four hours, social media, I was scrolling whatever, like what if you took one of those and talked to God, instead of listened to the world, right, what else, anything else, activities, hobbies, sports, TV. These Man, you all are so on point with the first service. They're basically the exact same list. I could have just left this up here. I know you all can't read that, but you remember what I am saying. <laughs> it's not meant to be read. It's just an exercise for those of you who learn by seeing things. Here's the reality. Everybody in this room, including myself, are way more devoted to these things. And Paul says here clearly, devote yourselves to prayer. And then he tells us the quality of how to do it. He says, I want you to pray with an alert mind and a thankful heart. An, an alert mind r- literally meant uh, the, the Greek word, it, it meant awake, it meant vigilant, watchful, it meant intentional. I'm going to make time to pray in my daily life. I think there's probably been times in my life I get to the end of the day, I was like, oh, I didn't pray. Y'all been there? Your head hit the pillow. Oh, I forgot to pray. Heavenly Father. Right? You're falling asleep praying. Right? It says with an alert mind with intentionality like with focus i'm going to talk to god not as an afterthought and as an exercise of futility i'm going to talk to him i'm going to be with an alert mind i'm not going to fall asleep now you're not going to it's not the end of the world if you fell asleep praying one time because you're going to do it because you're going to get it focused and you're going to get find peace but maybe a posture of on your knees beside the bed at that time of day is a place to be. He said, pray with an alert mind. So I think it probably means don't fall asleep while you're praying. I also think it probably means don't pray sleepy prayers, pray big prayers with an alert mind, believe he can do what he said he can do. Believe Ephesians 3.20, that while Paul was praying, he he said, this is a God who can do exceedingly more than you can ask or imagine through the power that's working in you and in me. And we pray little sleepy prayers. He says, go big, dig in, I can do it. Everything you think I can do, I can do more. You're not going to out-ask me, I promise. Pray with an alert mind, knowing what he could do and and who he is. A quick acronym for application just to help you out, pray. What should my prayers include? Maybe you've never prayed before. Maybe you're a a young Christian and and, and you don't know what to pray or how to pray. It's really simple. Uh, These are four things that that should be a part of your prayer life. One, you should praise God. Just tell him how awesome he is, how great he is, how thankful you are for what he's done in your life, how good he is. Worship him through your prayer. Uh, Repentance. This is the prayer that changes everything. This is the posture that changes, takes an old, old an old life, and makes it new, that takes that creates a new life inside of you. The first time you repent to God and you say, God, I'm turning to you and away from my sin. I give you my entire life. And then as a believer, we live a posture of repentance the rest of our life. Every time we come to him, we, we talk about the ways we messed up and say, God, you love me anyway. You knew I was going to do that. You died for me. I'm so thankful for you. I'm turning to you again today, Every." single day i turn to you and i trust you and then ask it's clear the Bible's told us over and over ask him for things ask him for things ask him for uh uh, for, for the desires of your heart check your motives right but ask him and then the last one why is the important one and that's yield That means I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask for this and say, God, this is really my heart. This is really my heart. What I really want to happen, God, but, but I know that you are really God and that you are the loving Father and that I can only see what's in front of me and I can't see what's around me, and I can't see what's happening in my neighbor's houses, and I can't see five years down the road, and I can't see how you could use this, this thing that if it doesn't work out the way I think it should, but I know what we have seen already, that he's going to use what the enemy means for evil for good. And so in the midst of asking as confident, as much as we want in our heart, the, the, I mean, we got it pretty right in eastern Kentucky when we say, I'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. God here's my heart heal hockey God here's my heart fix my neighbor's marriage redeem my friend God here's my heart rescue my family member from addiction But I trust you. And I know if it's your will, you're going to do it. And I trust you either way. This is the prayer that Paul prayed. This is a prayer that's hard to pray. This is a prayer that I, when I see his prayer request comes through, he says, while I'm talking about prayer, here's what I'm going to tell you. Here's my I'm going to call this through, is what Paul is saying. Pray for us too that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. He's in prison, wrongly in prison, for preaching the gospel. My prayer chain at that point is break these chains, get me out of here. Pray that these people who arrested me get what they deserve. They're not even followers of Jesus. And they're coming against me. A, a great door, an open door of effective work is before me, but I have everybody, all these people opposing me. Take them down. He doesn't say, fix my circumstances. He says, use my circumstances. Use it to further your kingdom. Use them. Actually make them worse if it means the guard that did me wrong or the judge or whatever, if it's a chance for me to say, Jesus loves you. If that's what it takes, I surrender. He says, he didn't pray for any of that. He prayed, give me the opportunity to speak about Jesus in the midst of this circumstance, in the midst of this trial he says open the door that i might share the gospel i don't know what your chains are physical ailment real barriers in your life broken relationships things in the past you can't change hurts traumas frustrations bitterness anger all these things that you just wish god would change and he said i don't want to change them i want to use them so I want your heart to get to that place where you'll take whatever. Where first where Peter said it like this in 1 Peter, he says, You're going to greatly rejoice if now for a little while, if need be, you go through this trial. This test, because I'm going to try your faith like, like like iron with fire. Like it's going to be proven genuine by this difficult thing you're going through. And there's nothing more precious in the world than your faith. So Peter literally said, if need be. It's going to be hard. You're going to face a struggle. You're going to have a weakness. You're going to have an addiction. You're going to have a thing in your life that you are fighting against. In that weakness, Paul found when he prayed for the thorn in his flesh to be removed three times. When he prayed for it and God said, I'm not going to remove it, Paul realized that brought him humility. And as he realized, I can't depend on myself, his dependence on God went up and he became strong. God, let me see. Let us see our weaknesses as a place for you to move in and show your strength. Some of you praying for chains to be removed. I'm, I'm not saying to accept sin in your life. I'm not. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying, God, use. Ask God to use that thing in your life free you from it, but to use it. I wrestle with these two questions, and, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Does prayer change God's mind? Does prayer change God's mind? I've wrestled with that all week. I probably grew up thinking it did, thought, you know, if we got enough people praying, then God's mind changed, and he was going to do it one way, and now he's going to do another and I, and I realized more and more, and especially this week as I studied, that for God to change his mind would mean that he thought he had it right, but then he was wrong, and he decided to do it another way because we were right. I, I don't think that we can change God's mind. You can't change God. He knows everything. Who, who can we do that But it's clear to me that we are called and commanded to pray and that we can, through prayer, change circumstances. That we can, that that God uses our prayer. I don't understand how it all works. And if you think about it too much, you'll say, I have faith in Jesus Christ. He's commanded me to pray. He's going to use my prayers. And sometimes it's going to heal people. Sometimes when I pray for somebody to be healed, that person's going to be healed. But it ain't going to be healed if it wasn't his will in the first place. Are you with me for a minute? That through our asking is the mechanism he uses to reveal himself to the world. Sometimes the person's going to be healed. It's going to be a miracle, and God is going to get the glory. It's not about the person. It's about the glory, the, the proof, the thing that somebody saw that revealed truth and how real God was. And then there's sometimes we're going to face suffering and death and loss and it's not because we didn't pray hard enough and, and we, weren't, we didn't have our life right and we didn't have all this. Like, all, all you have to say is Jesus' name and there's power in that regardless of how filthy you are to change it. But he knows better than you. And he knows better than me. And it requires a level of trust that's uncomfortable. That doesn't make sense to us, but we do have to trust. Maybe praying for your enemy changes your heart about your enemy. Are you with me for a minute? Maybe the next time you see him, you're like, wow, God asked me to spend five, and I really spent five minutes praying for him. And while I was praying for him, I really began to see things from their side And God gave me deep compassion in my heart for that person, even though they've wronged me and done so much wrong to me. And so because you've prayed for them and you let the Holy Spirit work inside you, next time you see them, this this public witness is different. Maybe you can genuinely have compassion and show love toward that person. Maybe praying and yielding to God's will and your, and, and your circumstances and your hurts and your bitterness, maybe that changes your perspective and you come out of that prayer. And boy, you went in thinking one thing, but you come out thinking God's going to use that. <laughs> he doesn't need to fix it. He's going to use that, and I trust him to use it. Can God heal through prayer? Yes. He can. And he does but he's not changing his mind. It's like a, it's like a father who's going to give their 16-year-old when their child turns 16 a car. He's already decided he's going to do it, but they've got to ask for it. We see he wraps this up by saying, pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. greatest preacher the world's ever known is humility his prayer request is pray that I can deliver this effectively pray that God uses my chains and gives me an open door to share the gospel if it's just one person that's his prayer our prayer request nine out of ten are temporary make this life more comfortable help me get over this illness all these things right his prayer is of eternal consequence a hunger to have a a heart that that desires this eternal perspective, that communicates this eternal perspective. God, use these things for your kingdom, not my kingdom, not this earthly kingdom, not America, not any of this. Your kingdom. Build up your kingdom. Give me a heart for that, and that's what we all want to pray for. He finishes by saying, Live wisely among those who are not believers. And make the most of every opportunity let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone so some of you may struggle you may have friends co-workers other people who are unbelievers you say how do i talk to them is it wrong for me to be friends with them do i talk what if i what if i am i affirming their their sin in their life and the things that they're doing if i spend time with them and, and, and you, you are not the great judge, and you cannot change the sin in their life. And, and it would no, do no good for you to just start talking to them about the sin in their life and be like, you need to quit sinning. Because they can't. Because you can't. Can you be honest for a minute? Like, you, you get the Holy Spirit inside of you, you're going to get better and better. You're never going to be perfect. And so, th- this, the, the judging, the, the Bible, verse slinging at, the condemnation, this to here. You've seen that happen, right? Maybe on sidewalks. He says, approach them and let your conversation be gracious and attractive. With wisdom, live your life in front of them. The way you and everything you think or do. Do it as a representative of Jesus Christ so that you can have a real conversation. So they can be like, man, you're different. What's up with you? Like, Jesus, let me tell you about him. And listen to their side. Listen to perspective. Let it be full of grace and attractive and salt and wit and wisdom and have a response and really have a dialogue with somebody. Don't just yell at them. That was a mini-sermon in the end. Here's the closing verse I want to use from Philippians. For Paul writing this too I don't know where you, where you fell here we're never going to get here we live in this flesh we wrestle with it my heart as you leave here today and say I got to move it up a notch I got to be more intentional I see the effect on my life and the chaos that's ensuing because I'm not spending time with him and it's not quality I've made prayer just a thing and not a main thing in my life. Here, Paul says it like this as the worship team comes up. Don't worry about anything. There you go. That's enough for you to bring you to the altar. Everybody in here is convicted. (laughs) You worried before you walked in. You're worrying while you're sitting there. You're worrying if I'm ever going to quit. And he says, pray about everything. So what in your life do you pray about? Everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. And then it has a promise. The more this goes up, it says, then you'll experience God's peace. That means even in ups and downs and ebbs and flows of life, good news and bad news, you will not be polarized. You will have this resounding private time in your life where you are completely dependent. And you've met people like this that go through some of the worst tragedies and they can somehow still worship and serve God because they have spent time. They know who their life is dependent upon. He says, you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. It passes all understanding and His peace will guard your heart's And minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. And I I want you to know that, as always, this altar is open. If if you just want to come right now in this moment and say, God, I've not prayed enough. If you just want to come and say, God, I've just kind of, I've known you, I've known the truth of the gospel, but I've never put it in my heart. I've never applied it. I want to give you my life today. I want to cast it all to the side. Then this is the place and this is the time And somebody will pray with you. We love you. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you listen, that when we speak, you hear us, and that you deeply care, and that you respond our prayers don't just hit the roof and fall back down. God, that we just are in conversation with you every day. I'm glad that you invited us to join in your work in our community and universe in the way that we pray. I'm thankful for the encouragement that we find when we know someone else is praying for us and they care enough to take time out of their day and intercede on on my behalf or or our behalf that we know those people have prayed for us. Let us be a person who prays for other people intercedes on their behalf. Give us a broken heart for people. Lord, let us devote our time to you. Let us be alert. Let us be thankful. Because we ask, we trust.